0: We're back. Just like I said, we'd be back, this week at least, for the glory. Casey is here, bringing a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, Associate Editor at Kansas City Soccer Journal, or I should say kcsoccerjournal.com. We'll take you a little bit more in-depth on my perspective, and I'm joined, as always, by my wife, who doesn't get a wrestling nickname because sporting ruined that for her, Sheena Smith. What's up, Sheena?
1: Hey, Chad. Not much. Pretty bummed about not getting a wrestling nickname.
0: I know you're very attached to wrestling. Sheena watched her oh, first yeah. wrestling in quite a while the other day, uh, <laughs> actually during the rain delay of the uh, the Sporting KC Cincinnati game. So I it's know that true. you really wanted to watch that. We were, I was a little behind. Yeah. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to talk Sporting Kansas City and that wild ride they had against Cincinnati. The KC Current smash the dash. The U.S. Women's National Team opened up the World Cup with a victory, and of course, the Digital Crawl, y'all. But before we get to the soccer, we always have to have a little nonsense, and the nonsense this week is Sheena didn't want to record a podcast because she's so stressed about going on vacation. Vacations are supposed to be relaxing, Sheena.
1: They are once you get to your destination, but the packing and the prep for it. I wouldn't say I'm stressed, but I still have a lot of things on my to do list that haven't been crossed out. So after the podcast, we have some more packing to do.
0: So this will be an unedited podcast. You can see how much we flub up because we're not going to fix it this week. Like usually it's not a lot of editing, but sometimes (laughs) it is. So we'll try to stay on the rails today. Yeah. All right.
1: Wait, Chad.
0: Don't want to get to it. Okay, you talk.
1: Well, I just today did you see that Twitter turned to something called X?
0: No. Oh, I you know, I did see that Twitter. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that.
1: Yeah, it's very e- confusing.
0: He he's got this great brand. It's kind of like how HBO <laughs> rebranded to Max. And it's like you have a great brand. HBOs up for like four, I don't know, what the TV awards are called? Emmys? I don't know.
1: I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. The
0: best, best show or best drama or something like that. And they're changing their name. Twitter's changing a name. Stupid marketing people.
1: It's stupid. That cute little blue bird really made my day on Twitter. Uh, Anyways, I don't get the X thing. One last thing before we get to talking about Sporting Kansas City. I did something I said I wasn't going to ever do. And I watched Messi play his first game actually i didn't actually see
0: him yeah yeah we turned it away because he wasn't on the field and we switched over to like we probably watched maybe 10 minutes of inter miami starting off and then i was like well messi's not starting which i had read earlier in the day he was going to come off the bench so we flipped it over to watch u.s women's national team pregame coverage and then we saw it on the internet that he would that was going well but we did not watch it live that's true
1: it was better because I got to see my favorite sports announcer, Stu Holden, play rugby and get kind of beat up, which wasn't cool. I also saw a really cute picture of him holding a kangaroo on one of the social media. So,
0: yeah, I have a lot to be worried about. So I got to fight off <laughs> Stu Holden, Remy <laughs> Voltaire, like oh so many gosh. of these people. Okay, No, Anyways. I
1: just <laughs> like him. I think he's a great dad based off of pictures <laughs> I've seen on Facebook.
0: All right. Well, let's talk Sporting Kansas City. That's what we're here for. So Sporting KC, 3-3 draw in the Leagues Cup to FC Cincinnati, which they ultimately, they don't have draws. They go to penalties and they lost 4-2 in PKs, misses by the aforementioned Remy Voltaire and Andreu Fontes. Shelton made his PK for the record, but It started off really, really positive. Sporting KC were up 2-0 really early. Kyrie Shelton started the game because Daniel Shallowy was a surprise scratch from the game with a groin injury. Nemanja Radoya was suffering from his whack in the calf, as Vermees called it last week. He told us he was doing really well Apparently not well enough to be in the lineup or on the bench, but it wasn't mattering. They were up 2-0. Shelton had a cross into the box that was forced into an own goal. I think Polito was probably going to score it or Russell. They're both right there if Hagelin doesn't just make a beautiful own goal into his own net. And then just minutes later, uh, Danny Rosero with his second straight header for a goal in back-to-back games. Up 2 nothing in under 15 minutes. Things were looking really good. And then everything went terribly, terribly wrong. Alan Polito got tied up with Mosquera on the sideline. Mosquera shoves him and Polito goes to get in his face, it looked like, and violently headbutts Mosquera and gets sent off with a red card, sporting her down a man for 60 plus. Sheena, what happened? Why?
1: Well, there's a lot of theories circulating around the interweb, but one being that Polito doesn't want to face his former team, Chivas.
0: You um, love a good conspiracy theory. You say you don't love conspiracy I theories, like but you soccer. love
1: them. Okay, only in regards to soccer and celebrity gossip. No other kind of like conspiracy theories can I get behind. But yeah, the, the conspiracy theory is that Polito doesn't want to play against Chivas on July thirty first. So he got a red card. I don't know if I believe that. I think
0: push him back because that no, I don't think I it know. was on purpose. I think I, he like got in his fit he was just trying to get in his face and i think Muscara's leaning forward he's leaning forward and he accidentally headbutts him you could tell cuz like immediately he's like oh my gosh what did i do he puts his hands up and he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry like apologizing and you can kind of tell cuz the cincinnati players don't like assault him which usually would happen after a violent play like that they kind of just they get upset but they calm down immediately cuz they're like oh he didn't mean to do what he did
1: he uh it looked violent in the replay. I agree. I don't know that it was intentional unless like in the moment he didn't like it and he just made a uh rash decision and then immediately realized that that was the wrong decision. Wh- whatever the situation may be, it it was the right call. He shouldn't have been on the field. But yeah, that really changed the game because I think within 4 minutes after he was Sent off the field, Cincinnati immediately scored, and then we had the rain delay. It was kind of a wild game full of different plot twists. So, uh, the Polito, the exciting. rain, you, the goal. If you're
0: watching it as a neutral fan, I feel like it's a dream game, right? Like, oh, they're up early. This is like one of the worst teams in the league statistically against literally the best team in all of MLS. And then red card and then the own goal from pools camp, which we'll get to in a second. And yeah. I just thought the, uh, the own goal came. at just the wrong time too. Cause if the weather delay happens first, I think Vermees gets his guys organized and you you don't give up that play. I, I don't blame pools camp. I think it's just unlucky. He's giving what you'd call a courtesy dive, trying to get to that ball that he's probably never getting to. And if he doesn't dive, it's going to hit the crossbar. And I think Fontes clears that he's standing right there. So, ah. <sighs> Bummer. Do
1: you think if he would have punched it like Macintosh would have, could it have been saved?
0: But yeah, if he didn't, but he didn't get to it, right? He couldn't reach it. I don't think Kendall gets to that either, but maybe. I mean, you never know. I thought uh, the Pool's game brother had a pretty good game overall. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's weird to to say that when you gave up three goals and didn't stop a single PK. Uh, Penalty kicks are not his forte, as you could tell. He's struggled with SKC, too, because all those games go to penalties, too, if they're tied. So you'd think that would have helped him get ready for this, but uh, not so much. But he made a bunch of really fantastic saves throughout the night. I was excited to see him back in the Lineup. We've been talking about it for a while, saying that if they're going to pull the trigger on making a switch, like this feels like the time. There was a pretty rough week from Kendall McIntosh, six goals in three games, but Pulse Camp already has three. But if you look at a lot of his goals, three in this game, he's down a man for every single one of them. In the Seattle game, I think they were down a man for at least two, if not three, of those goals as well. Like it's just, it's unlucky. It's really unlucky.
1: It is unlucky. And I am. Curious to see if he gets another start. I think the unfortunate thing about everything is that Milia is on his way to recovery, and so even if Pulse Camp had a great game or Did had a just couple say great games, it's unfortunate
0: games, that Melia is on his way to recovery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean it's unfortunate if your name for Pulskamp. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I mean. But yeah, so Melia is on his way to recovery, and it sounds like he might be playing here in the next few weeks. So. Even if Pulse Camp had a fantastic game, it seems like the minute Milia's ready to play again, he will get the start.
0: Yeah, no, nobody's blown the doors off the thing. Although this is John's first chance, if they took the starting job away from him after this performance, I think that would be really harsh because he bailed out his defense quite a bit. He made some pretty strong plays, and you know, just I thought he he minded the net very well. You said, though, that in too. the next few weeks, Amelia, it'll be available. Uh, the key is going to be sporting advancing in the Leagues Cup, because if they don't advance, then it doesn't matter if he's healthy. Uh, we did hear from Peter Vermees that because he had said something to the effect of he expected everybody, but Courtney Ford to be back in time for the league's cup. He clarified to me when I asked him a question about it ahead of this game, saying that, well, what I had hoped is that they'd all be in full training and everyone is except for Zusi So he was referencing mm-hmm. specifically Redoya was in full training, Amelia, uh, uh, Agata, and then I was having a moment there. <laughs> and then finally Zusi is not in full training. He's a few weeks out. So Amelia could be available very, very soon, and they play again on the 31st. So you never know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting to see who's available because they're going to get, I mean, that's like another week until they play their next game. So a lot can happen between now and then.
0: Yeah, agreed. So at that point, the game went into the weather delay, as we talked about. There was lightning around TQL Stadium in Cincinnati. I think we got about the minimum amount of a break as we could get, about 30 minutes. Once a lightning strike, you got to wait 30 minutes. And they were ready to go essentially immediately when that time was up. They got back out there. Sporting made it to halftime, still up 2-1. to one. They were doing pretty well, holding on for quite a long time. And then... A bit more of poor luck, it feels like. Jake Davis went to kind of pull a ball out of the air acrobatically with his foot, took kind of a funny bounce, and went to Acosta, Luci- Luciano Acosta, who was offside. But it didn't matter because the ball wasn't really played to Acosta. He didn't interfere with the play. Davis makes an intentional touch on it. It goes to him. And that negates the offside. He makes a pass that leads to the goal. It's tied 2-2. And I don't know about you, Sheena, but as soon as it was tied 2-2, I was thinking it's over there. They'll be if they can make it to penalties, I'll be thrilled because they're probably going to lose. They've been down a man forever. They're going to slow down and get worse and worse.
1: Yeah, once I tied it all up, it I feel like my hope for a win quickly dwindled and I was just hoping we could also get to the PKs. I wasn't sure that would happen, but you know, I felt like in the second half, there was a period of time where they were just controlling the ball.
0: You know, I put this clip on my Twitter at play for 90. If y'all want to go find it and follow me, they had like, what felt like multiple minutes of possession. But then I looked back and it was like a minute and 15 seconds, but that's a long time to keep the ball on consecutive passes. When you have one less player than the other team, it was a weird sequence too. Cause Fontes was like all the way up at striker. Essentially he had dribbled so far up to try to keep possession and to make himself available for passes, but it was working. If they could have just killed off a few more seconds, then it might've played out better. But, So we said they're tied 2-2. You all know, I'm sure you watch the game. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you watched the game. Somehow, Sporting KC earns a penalty kick and Gotti of converts. It was a handball from Elvis Powell. There's a lot of talk about this that I don't think you and I talked about, Sheena. So I'd like to get your thoughts. Powell kind of intentionally looks like he reaches out with his hand and blocks the ball. They give him a yellow card for it. But if you intentionally obstruct the ball, like heading into the net. I don't know if the keeper is going to get to it or not. But if you intentionally obstruct it, it's supposed to be a red card. Did you know that?
1: I did not. And honestly, every time we talk about yellow cards now, I just think of the band. So I don't know. I didn't well, I know that. It to be
0: a red. I don't know if it should have been a red. But honestly... Even if it wasn't a red, do you remember early in the game when Johnny Russell was hobbling around because he had been drilled by a challenge yes. that the referee deemed to not even be a foul? And I, it studs up. He gets the ball. Don't get me wrong. He gets the ball, but then he goes studs up into Russell's leg. Russell goes flying through the air. He's limping for several minutes after being down <laughs> for several minutes. Had that been a yellow card, which I think minimum, it probably should have been a yellow card. Then Powell gets a red card on the handball in the box, Sporting's ahead, and then both teams are 10v10. So my regular referee-hating segment is back, and mm. I think the guy was mostly fine. Like He got the Polito thing, right? But a few missed plays are so critical in the game. If if it's 10v10, I don't think since he ends up coming back and leveling things, you never know. They were playing pretty good even before the Polito red card. Despite having given up two goals, they looked very dangerous.
1: The one thing is they started the game very physical because I want to say within the first like twenty minutes, two or three of the players on Cincinnati had yellow cards. So the fact that they never, nobody ever got a red on their team was kind of surprising because they were very physical, at least at the first part of the game.
0: Yeah, they had two early yellows, and I thought Powell should have been on a third. Interestingly, one of the yellows was to Mascara, who like shoves Polito, which leads to the Polito headbutt. Don't get me wrong. Polito's in the wrong. It's a red card all day. People were arguing that should be a yellow card on Mascara too, which I don't know. It, it, they don't ever get the person that commits the initial act, it seems like. They get the person that retaliates most of the time. I, I, I mean, it's right that Polito got the red card, but I wonder, should Mascara have gotten the yellow card? What do you think? He kind of gives him a pretty good shove while the play's over. Like there'd been a foul. Polito had got his legs tangled up with them, and they both were on the ground.
1: Well, if he hadn't had the shove, would Polito have reacted the way he did? I have to Definitely think that not. Yeah, I have to think it was probably a moment of <clears throat> moment of lapse judgment and he made a decision and I think he immediately regretted what happened, accident or not. I think he made a mistake and he realized immediately.
0: Do you think that we can appeal red cards for temporary insanity, like how you can try to get out of being sent to, like, the death penalty for temporary insanity?
1: Uh, I don't think you can. And it,
0: you're, you're pretty I, sure that's not a rule? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's i not mean... a rule. I'm just being silly. <laughs>
1: Well, I wonder how many players would how do you prove that? Like in a 10 right, second. Everybody
0: would plead temporary and say yeah right? well, I think it would take like really stupid plays like that. It'd be one thing to to get a yellow card challenge, right? Oh, you just made a bad tackle or whatever, but like it was crazy looking and I'll tell you uh on my Twitter, lots of retweets and reactions to that video and the gif of him headbutting him. It looks terrible. Like immediately I was like, "Oh, red card. Yeah. What is he thinking? So stupid."
1: I- every time I was like, "Ooh, Ooh, like I had the same reaction every time. It just looks bad. I, do you know, has anyone talked to him to get his like two cents on the situation or when is he available?
0: That's a good question. They did not put him in front of the media, which is really common after somebody gets a red card after the game. Uh, we got Gotti kind instead. And it was a kerfuffle of a mess from CONCACAF and the League's Cup. Like it was so disorganized and you couldn't, they weren't calling on anybody, but nobody in the room was talking. And then us on the Zoom were trying to get questions in. It was a mess, regardless. No Polito on there. And then I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought when you asked me that question. Yeah, whatever. You want to keep going? Let's talk about the rest sure. of the game. Okay, okay, so Sporting gets back ahead, 3-2. And then, you know, it always kind of felt like, uh, eh, it's precarious. Cincinnati's still all over them. They're up a man, obviously. I thought Burmese subbed well. He put in some guys to try to take advantage. And, you know, you'd been working really hard, so you get some fresh legs out there to close out the game. I thought he did a good job at that. And then with literally under 10 seconds of stoppage time left, kind of a double handball in the box. I don't know if you saw the replay, Sheena, but the handball gets called on Danny Rosero. He has his arms behind his back, but he kind of lunges his arm out a little bit. They call it like the chicken wing sort of thing, where he catches the ball and he pushes it wide of the net. I think Pulskamp may have had him covered. I don't know that he needed to do that. And then like seconds before that, Jake Davis actually hits the ball off of his own hand. Like he deflects it and it goes into his hand. I don't know if they would have called the one on Davis, but I don't disagree that it's a penalty. It's just how unlucky, like all these goals an own goal, you give up a weird Jake Davis, pull the ball out of the air and fall exactly to the, one of the best players in MLS. And then a handball with under 10 seconds left, which of course Acosta went on to convert, tie the game, send it to penalty kicks and and y'all know the rest. Oh, unlucky
1: very unlucky it was crazy to me that both teams had an own goal both teams had penalties it it's just a very it's just a bummer that we couldn't get both teams with 10 players so it'd be a more even game and i i think i was saying in stoppage time or right before stoppage time that they would find a way to score and tie it up. And I just felt it in my bones that it was going to happen. And it did.
0: So you put that negative energy into the universe. I so to, also it's your put, fault. Is that what I'm saying?
1: I also put positive energy. And I tweeted before the game had even started, I felt good about tonight. And I was right up in, up until I wasn't right. And then I... Yeah, I until you were wrong. <laughs> I was right until I was wrong. And then I I don't know, I... I felt real in sync with the team last night. Also, my favorite pop band from high school.
0: Oh boy, you're just trying to sneak <laughs> in as many band references as you can here into this episode. I, you're I very guess pleased so. with yourself. My goodness, I
1: know, I know. All
0: right, well, there are a few other things that I think are are worth talking about. So after sporting went up three to two since he really had to press forward, right? Because they wanted to get the game back. They're trying to level, trying to probably try to win it straight up, but at least get level to go to penalties and get that extra point. You get an extra point for winning the penalty shootout. So sporting gets one point since he gets two. Chivas hasn't played yet. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we kind of need Cincy to beat Chivas now, really, or it's going to be just a, a mess where you're not in control. Well, if sporting wins, they advance. It's as simple as that. But, in the in-between time between goal three for Sporting and goal three for Cincinnati, Sporting had two golden opportunities, and they both included Kyrie Shelton, your favorite striker for the team. He started the game on right wing, by the way. Russell played on the left, which I thought was interesting, and it worked really well. Uh, Logan and Ndenbe, who at this point had come on, he was kind of playing left wing, sort of like left wide midfielder. They weren't playing proper wingers at this point because they were down a man, so they were defending a little more kind of in a 4-4-1. But he makes this lung-busting run all the way to the end line. He manages to keep the ball from going out, crosses it into the middle of the box to Kyrie Shelton, who's literally wide open with the keeper. And what does he do? He kicks it right at him. If he literally... He could have taken a touch and like walked it into the net or passed it into either corner... I think he easily could score there, and it was it was just a, the epitome of Kyrie Shelton. At least he had the confidence to take it, but of course it didn't work out for him. What were your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that he played better today than I've seen most of the season, which has been great. And that one-on-one with the keeper. Wait, did
0: you just say the, sh- the season has been great for Kyrie?
1: No, I said this is the best he's played all season.
0: Oh, okay, okay, fair yeah. enough. Listen to me.
1: Listen to the words coming out of my mouth.
0: Oh, boy. All right, oh keep going. Oh, boy.
1: Anyways, so, yeah, I mean, this was his best game so far this season. But, you know, the, the standards are really low for him as well. But he – it was, like you said, just unfortunate because if he had – Kicked it anywhere else, it would have been a goal. I feel like the issues we've had with him before is that he has too many touches. So the time we needed him to have some more touches, he decided to not go that route. And it didn't pay off. So that's a bummer.
0: Speaking of the touches, I saw someone on Reddit and I thought this was kind of funny. They said, I was surprised he shot it and didn't just stop the ball, (laughs) turn around, look for a pass away from the net. So he didn't have to shoot. I was like, Oh, it's so true. He does that so much, but obviously he was in a position where, you know, you're all alone in front of the keeper. You have to shoot. It's disappointing. I, it's a shame because honestly, as you said, I think legitimately he was having his best game of the year. He, Was pulling balls out of the air. He won some defensive headers to break up some plays. He had the cross that led to the own goal. And then speaking of crosses, he had a cross after this play. After he makes this mistake, he doesn't get down on himself. He makes this great cross to Logan Ndenbe. Ndenbe. God, I can never say his name right. And he's running into the box. There's no M in Ndenbe. And he's running into the box. It looks like he's all alone in front of the net. I mean, the keeper's coming across too, but I think it's a surefire goal and the Cincy defender somehow slides in from behind, gets a foot on it, and goes out for a corner. And oh, it's just, it's so unlucky. It, it, and that's what people are going to remember. And frankly, forwards are paid to score goals. So when you don't score in the moment where you're supposed to score, to Shelton, not to Inenbe, but that that's what I get it. You know, you're making six hundred plus thousand dollars. You got to put some away. I saw some stats in that same Reddit post. He's got some just abysmal goal scoring numbers for the amount of minutes he's played. And I think we all kind of know that. Like, people are always making the case of all the other things he did. Tonight was one of those nights where he was doing all the other things. I haven't noticed it legitimately all season, but I saw it that night. It's just kind of a shame for him that it's going to be overshadowed by this.
1: For sure, I do feel bad for him in those regards because people aren't gonna remember all the other good plays he made. Everyone's gonna focus on the goal that should have been that wasn't also, I really like Logan and Dembe. He might be one- he's getting up there as one of my favorite players.
0: The question is, are you a fan of his calves? Have you noticed his calves?
1: No, what's the deal with his calves? <laughs>
0: You look so stunned. Oh, it's just a thing on the other podcast. I sometimes show up on Shades of Blue where <laughs> Cody is really, he has a calf power ranking and Logan's number one in the calves power ranking. He's got oh. some just monstrous muscle y calves. you have to check him out.
1: I, I look at hair, obviously, I look at tattoos. I haven't paid attention to calves who else is on his speaking of his hair
0: i I can't remember i think maybe Kyrie might be in there johnny i can't remember it doesn't matter uh speaking of hair what do you think of logan's hair since he dyed it blonde
1: you know i wasn't a fan at first but everybody who's gone blonde and it, it grows on me i don't hate it i don't love it it's just it's his hairdo and it is what it is but i don't dislike it but i don't like it either I'm just in. Eh. <laughs> eh.
0: uh, if yeah. I could have taken a screenshot of your face right there, always good for an audio <laughs> medium. When I first asked you, you were like, you made a face like you hated it. So,
1: um, No, I actually thought that's what you were going to ask me at first over the calves, but I, I guess I need a calf ranking too now.
0: Yeah, you'll have to look Probably into not. that. You can I'll have competing, it- c- competing calf rankings with Cody. I it don't be, really care enough. It's funnier that he does it because he's a dude and he's ranking other dudes calves. But, you know, for you, it'd just be like you're checking out other men, which whatever. I'm not worried about it.
1: (laughs) I Yeah, I'm not going to. I don't find the calf like a particularly sexy point in the body. So probably not going to pay attention to that.
0: Okay, Sheena's more into the biceps and the abs. Good to know. All right. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. I'm just giving you from my personal experience of our 18 and a half years of being around you. So, um, I had another thing I wanted to point out that our our friend or I I don't know if you've ever met Zach Zachary Cobb he pointed I out on don't. Facebook and I thought it was really understated we met him at an LAFC game I don't know if you remember meeting him and he uh. used to be pretty integral in the cauldron he ran their Twitter account for a long time Zach's a great follow on Twitter he's got a very ex- eccentric Twitter account I would say but he pointed out cuz uh, our other buddy Mike Kuhn, asked like what, who do you blame for the loss and the votes were overwhelmingly on Polito but then second of course was Kyrie for missing his his wide open chance. Zach said I kind of blame Jake Davis cuz he takes a shot at the very end of the game when they're trying to kill off the clock and he sends it over the bar and all they needed was 10 more seconds of wasting. I don't know that he's like full on blaming Davis and saying Davis is the number one problem cuz any number of players probably could have wasted 10 more seconds here or there throughout the course of the game. You don't know that that's what it's going to come down to. The ref gave Pulls Camp a yellow for time-wasting early. If, if he waits like refs always do to give that, he could easily burn 10 more seconds here or there. So I just thought that was something worth pointing out. Do you remember him taking the shot and missing and then everybody having to retreat and go play defense?
1: I don't. I remember saying on Twitter and getting some flack about it that I thought Jake Davis was having a decent game. I may have said good game. That was before these plays. Remember I said it while we were watching it and you're like, yeah, if we're not talking about him, it means he's doing what he needs to be doing. And then I think shortly yes. after was that play where he tried to, to bring, to bring it down. Goal. Yeah. yeah.
0: I so again, that. that's kind of true, right? I'm you, the problem. You, yeah, clearly. I mean, you put that energy into the atmosphere and he he pulled it out. You know, it was transferred yeah. via lightning through Cincinnati. I don't know.
1: Yeah, the All weather. Right,
0: so my kind of closing thoughts on the game, and you let me know if you have any other thoughts. I just feel like nobody expected sporting to do good in this competition. And I always think they play up to their opponents. They play better than you expect them to play. Cincinnati is the best team in the league by a wide margin. And Sporting looked better than them. Like, they looked like they could hang with them. And I just don't feel like if they weren't down a man that they wouldn't have found a way to to gut that thing out. You never know. Since they score a lot of goals, they haven't lost at home all season. They were in bad shape. They'd only given up three goals after the 60th minute. Sporting scored a goal after the 60th minute. Lots of stats really favored Sporting. They even held possession pretty close for a long time considering how long they were down a man. They did a really good job of holding the ball. I just, it just feels unlucky to me. It feels like 2023, the luck just hasn't gone Sporting's way except for in that little stretch in May, June where they had the, well, the second best record in the league behind Cincinnati, by the way. Um, but it, I just can't find, I I'm worked up and I'm sad in the moment, but then I just don't really let it bother me. I'm letting it go pretty well because it just feels unlucky. I don't really feel like I wanna blame anybody. Well, Polito for the red card, but <laughs> what are you what are you, any closing thoughts from you on the game?
1: It's just a bummer. The Polito situation happened because it felt like the way the game was going up until that point, we were dominating that game. I mean, and it looked like we were on the same level as Cincinnati. I think if you knew nothing about soccer. Or, I mean, you knew nothing about MLS, but you like soccer and you watch that game, you would think these were two of the best teams playing up until the Polito move. And so it's, up well, think, it's a game Think of all the Chivas
0: be- fans that may have been like checking yeah. this game out to scout their competition. Would they think that Sporting are one of the worst teams in the league statistically? Yeah.
1: I don't know that they would have, but Polito really did his team wrong and... So it's just unfortunate. He's our highest played p- player on the team. You can't be doing things, even if they're accidents you You have to think better. You need to think more maturely. So it's it's really unfortunate. And I go into the Chivas game. We're not going to have Polito again. So. I don't know if Shallowy is out too. Why didn't we see Janice? Like, where was he? I I was confused by that.
0: I think part of the reason they put Logan on instead of him is because you were trying to play defensive, and obviously Logan yeah. is a better defender. And I I didn't hate that because you saw he had two pretty good plays on offense, right? Yeah. He made that pass to Shelton, and Shelton made the pass to him, and they both were near goals and. I, I was more upset when the initial lineup came out and Shelton was starting. I wanted to see yeah. Johnny's actually play left wing because as you, we talked about before, that's his position, but he never gets to play. Cause shallow, he's always helpful, helpful, healthy, and, <laughs> and helpful. He just, and he's probably helpful. He seems like a <laughs> good guy, right? Oh, Daniel. So hopefully he'll be back. Cause if he's not back, well, well, that's a good question to end it on here. Who do you think plays center forward against Chivas? Obviously, it will not be all on Polito. Agata is full in training. Do you want to see Agata in there? Do you think he'll be ready?
1: I don't think he'll be ready for a full game, but you could have him for half a game or whatever, have a Afrifa, and I am a big Afrifa fan.
0: Based on the like two or three times you've seen him play?
1: Yeah, but every time I'm excited by him.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely some potential there. And yeah, if Agata could come back, I don't, again, I don't think he'll start. But if he could come play even 20, 30 minutes, I think that'd be pretty cool. And we need to see what does a healthy Willie Agata look like? Because I think he was unhealthy at the beginning of the year and he wasn't informed. But last year, you remember he led the team's golden boot race. I think he scored eight goals in like no games, basically, at the end of the year. He came so late, like the last quarter of the season, and he led the team in scoring. Is that a, a blip or is that who he really is? Uh, I would love to find out. And I'm hoping that he's at least healthy enough to get a few minutes in that game.
1: Well, he is, whenever he does return, going to be in for the last quarter of the game again or season. So perhaps he's just a better in the last quarter of a season. If we get last year's Willie Agata, I wouldn't be mad about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody would be thrilled if he could come back and find that form again. Got to kind of figure out what do you want to do. One more little note that I'll sneak in here: um, We speaking of Polito, got a free fall. This forward talk. There had been some talk that Polito had signed a pre-contract with Chivas Guadalajara in Mexico, who will be playing next Monday. And there was a report that came out this week that said no, he has not signed, and Chivas needs to make an offer before it's they miss their chance. We got a chance to ask Peter about it, and he did say they are still trying to re-sign Polito, uh, going into you know before the season is over because his contract will be up, and he can basically he can sign a contract at any point in leave for free after the year is over.
1: Do you mean when they play on the thirty first? You said on a Monday, or are they playing yeah, a game? Mondays, I don't know. Of?
0: Monday oh. is the thirty first.
1: Oh, is okay? I'm already in vacation mode where I don't know what day. You do have one more
0: day of work tomorrow. So put in yeah. a full effort for your employer tomorrow, I, Sheena.
1: I am. I'm super busy at work wrapping things up for my vacation. Same. So, Same. all right. Okay. Never mind. Forget I said that. I all would right. edit this out cool. typically, but we're keeping it. So these are yeah, the little things. Yeah, let's just leave the
0: garbage in. Oh, the yeah. confused Sheena moments that you all don't get to hear where she's like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh-huh. Wait, are you are you sure you're talking about the right game? Yes. Are you listening to me? <laughs> All right. Oh my
1: goodness. Wait. So, Chad, oh. I was gonna say, can before I have to leave to get back to packing, I think we might have a special guest joining you for the KC correct, But can we? Yeah, can we talk real quick about the U.S. Women's World Cup game? Since yeah, we let's both change the rundown
0: that? order live. Let's just do it. So Sorry, the women well, won three nothing over Vietnam. What What are your thoughts, Sheena?
1: Yeah, it, I'm happy to see that they won. I feel like they looked rusty, and so I'm a little nervous. It puts more pressure. I think. I think the game, um, against. <laughs> on Wednesday is their toughest game, right?
0: Um, yes. They'll be playing the Netherlands on Wednesday. The Netherlands beat Portugal. So they should, that's kind of like going to decide who wins the group probably. Now, of course, the U.S. could lose to Portugal. That would suck. That's the game we're going to be in New Zealand for. <laughs> That'd be our luck with the, with the lucky energy vibes we've been bringing to soccer this year. My goodness. Uh, so if they lose, y'all, you know whose fault it is. Just go ahead and hit us up oh on the Oh my goodness.
1: No, don't Obviously do that. We don't
0: control it, Sheena. Come on. I'm just joking. But yes, the Netherlands, the tougher game. Uh, my, my thoughts on the U.S. women though, three nothing was honestly super underperforming. Uh, Sophia Smith had Two goals. uh Lindsey Herran had the third. But Sophia Smith has actually her first ever goals in the World Cup. She, it kind of surprised me because I guess she was only eighteen last time, so she didn't make the team. It seems like she's been so good so long. She was the MVP of all of the NWSL last year, but it felt like they could have easily scored six, seven, eight goals. So to only get three, I don't know. A lot of teams are struggling early in the tournament. There's been some ties. Some like kind of lower teams have hung around. There's been some a couple of upsets here or there. But if they play like they played against Vietnam against the Netherlands or Portugal they're going to be in trouble. The it was it's not good enough. They didn't finish their chances at a good enough rate and you're not going to get as many chances against the better teams.
1: I agree with that. I Yeah, I don't know. I I left the game underwhelmed. I was happy they won, but it wasn't what I I was expecting more goals as well.
0: Yeah, and I thought there was some plays they could have made to go to the bench like Lynn Williams, I thought for sure, was going to get into the game. Yeah. She's been such a monster in the NWSL this year, and the current definitely have missed her. Like, well, she never really played for them. She played a little preseason, I think, but it would have been really nice to have her come into the game. Vlatko Andonovsky, the coach, he did say that she's going to be the best player in the world for the 15 minutes a game he puts her in. So I was expecting her to come in and bag a goal or an assist or hustle around and make a good play. But didn't get on the field. Instead, it was Rapino and Alyssa Thompson, the 18 year old. Maybe they want to get, get the nerves off of Thompson and give Pino a couple minutes. She's working back to fitness. Her and both um, Rose Lavelle have been coming off injuries. So Rose got in as a sub as well. Rose starting will make a big difference. She is a dynamo in the midfield. She's so good. So if you can get her in there, I think that makes the team better. No offense to Savannah DeMello. I thought she played fine. I thought it was the other players that were not finishing the balls that were getting to them. And. I don't know. Got to do better. Got to finish those chances. It's you just think back to what was it? 13 nothing in the opener last time against, I want to say, Thailand maybe. And then to only win three nothing against Vietnam. I I don't know. U.S. are the best team in the world. They got to do better.
1: And um, the defense of Vietnam, their goalie was pretty phenomenal. She had some good saves. So it, they were being challenged by the goalie.
0: That's fair. But sometimes if you were not not taking good chances, it makes the goalie look really good. We would always joke about that with sporting, right? Where they're like, man, the the team they play always has the best goalie every week. Maybe it's because their shots weren't very good. (laughs) Uh, There were some decent saves. I'm not going to hate on that keeper. I thought she did fine. It was kind of sad. The second goal that Sophia Smith scored, it was like a weird goal that just like awkwardly went through the keeper's leg. And remember, they thought Alex Morgan was offside on that goal. But I was like, how is she offside? Her arm is offside. You can't score with your arm. And then luckily VAR went in there and got it right because you can't score with your arm. So your arm can't be offside. (laughs) And therefore uh, the goal counted.
1: Yeah, I do remember that.
0: All right. It seems like you're running out of steam. Any other Women's World Cup thoughts either about Vietnam ahead of the Netherlands game? Anybody you're looking forward to seeing something else stand out for you?
1: No. (laughs) I don't know enough. (laughs) I don't know uh, enough.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a comment. I was going to save it for later, but okay. since Sheena's leaving us, she's not coming back for the, the last, after the break. So if you're just a Sheena fan, I think you should come back anyways, because there's a special surprise after the break, but... But that's a a tease right there. Okay. It's not Sheena. But we got a comment. I think this was through Spotify. And uh, it's from Richie. Uh, Their account is Richie and Danae. But he said, hey, this is me personally, not Danae. He was like making sure we knew it wasn't his wife or fiance or girlfriend or whomever this is. He said, quote, I think that Sheena is officially not a casual fan, and she deserves to play in the next media game, three exclamation points, and maybe Chad can try refing the next one, dot, dot, dot. I do hate on refs, but I would be a terrible referee. My cardio is awful. I wouldn't be able to cover the field distances. I I would be, like, calling yellow cards from 80 yards away or something because I'd be so out of position. I'd be like, yeah, I think that's probably a card. Uh, Somebody was joking on Twitter that if I was a ref, like, everybody would get a card. And maybe, I'm just like, hey, let's be nice to each other, everybody. Let's not let's not foul each other so hard. So what do you think, Sheena? You going to play in the media game?
1: Absolutely not. Sorry. I already forgot the name. Richie. I, my, sorry, uh, Richie. Sorry, Richie. Sorry. My phone alarm went off while you were talking because I got to check us into our flight soon. But anyways, yeah, I'm not going to play in the media game. You were supposed to start your cardio to be ready for the next media game for Casey current to my knowledge you haven't started that so I don't think you can rough. and yeah, that's
0: true I I didn't do any workouts I did a lot of like manual labor around the house and I was counting that but I don't know that that counts for cardio I was just tired from I... doing manual labor
1: okay that's fair but I'm I love that You guys think I'm not a casual fan, but I'm not a media person either. I'm somewhere in between.
0: Without the editing, maybe they'll feel it a little more this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I feel like some weeks I really feel like I'm just saying words. I don't have thoughts. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I drug Sheena into this. She's doing her best to fight through it, but Sheena... It was lovely for you to join. Everybody else, stick around for a special surprise. We're going to take a break. You may or may not hear an ad, and we'll be right back with more For the Glory, Casey. All right, and we are back. No Sheena, but we have a special guest. I'm joined by my 11-year-old daughter. We're not going to use her name for privacy reasons. A club soccer player in her own right. Child, would you like to say hi to the audience? Hello. All right, this is going to go great. I can already feel it. So we're going to talk about the KC Curt and the Houston Dash. My child, not a huge soccer fan, despite playing club soccer, it is a pull like pulling teeth to get her to watch a game with me. Can't tell you how many sporting KC or KC current games are you are about to go to another U.S. women's national team game in freaking New Zealand. And not a lot of comments that she wants to give on things. But what we agreed to is she went back and watched the 11 minute extended highlights. So she saw the high points of the game, which mostly focus on the high points around here anyways. So. Child, are you ready to get to this thing and talk about things? Yeah. All right. Open it up for me. What stood out to you from the beginning of the game? What did you write down? I saw you take some notes.
2: Um, I wrote down that they pressured on the ball and they were very quick about it. And they had control with the ball when it was like in the air, or when like the goalie like punted it.
0: We did really good, at like taking the ball out of the air. Yeah, you think you could learn some skills from that? Because I've noticed your team a lot of times when the ball's coming really high in the air, you kind of get nervous, like it's going to hit you in the head or something, and. You all let it bounce a little bit? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the game started off, honestly, the current were playing really well. I thought they were in complete control of the game. And then out of nowhere, they gave up a goal. Uh, first ever goal for, I didn't write the girl's name down. I feel bad, but it was a worldie of a goal. She drilled it into the upper ninety. After a KC current turnover, Child, what did you write down about the goal when AD French dove to save it? What were your thoughts on that?
2: I said she must have gotten hurt or like took like a big fall because it looked like it hurt.
0: Yeah, she made quite a dive, right? And unfortunately, couldn't get to the ball because it was just hit perfectly. No way anybody's getting to that. I don't blame French at all for that goal. But things turned around from there for the current because... Kristen Hamilton, hat trick hammy, she's now called, scored the first hat trick in KC current history. Uh, the first goal came from Michelle Cooper coming out wide. Do you remember this? She sent the cross across the box. And then Jenna Weinbrenner, number 19, she tried to kick the ball and, and kind of missed. And then it went to Hamilton and she scored. What'd you write down about the first goal?
2: I wrote down that there were some really good passes and that cross was really good and... It was a good goal.
0: All right, I'll take it. I think it was a very good goal. And I thought that Jenna Weinbrenner whiffed on the ball. I'm not going to lie to you. I I said I was kind of being nice when I wrote my recap of the game saying she dummied it, where you let the ball intentionally go past you. But really, she tried to shoot and missed it. But when we talked to her in the post-game press conference, she said, I touched it. I knew I touched it. So she actually ended up getting credit for the assist. She got the assist. It was her first ever assist. And then she ends up getting another assist later in the game. Michelle Cooper actually got her first assist later in the game. But Cooper probably should have had two. And Jenna one. But either way, it went really well. Now, the second goal, let's talk about that. Because this is my favorite goal of the match, I think. It's the one where... The ball gets intercepted deep in their own box. Kate Del Fava passes out to CeCe Kaiser. She's heading up the field, and she gets taken down. She gets challenged really hard and knocked to the ground. But just before she did it, she released the pass to Jenna Weinbrenner again, and the referee correctly didn't stop play. Should have probably given a yellow card right there, but didn't stop play. Drew, or I'm sorry, Jenna dribbled all the way down the field. All She waited until the exact right moment till all the defenders kind of closed in on her. And she played a simple little pass off to Kristen Hamilton, who had her second for the night, and put it away. Do you remember that goal? I saw you getting very animated in the camera as I was talking about it. Yeah. You remember? Do you have any, did you, anything stand out about it, that one, child?
2: <laughs> I mean, nothing stood out, but like I feel like my team could do that.
0: I think you all could do that, too. Yeah, dribble the ball of the field and kind of release a nice pass into space. So do you think from watching these games that you're going to be a better club soccer player having picked up, well, watching these games, watching these 11 minutes of highlights that you watched? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Tell the story. Do you remember when I met you didn't want to go to bed early in the summer and I let you stay up super late and watch the u twenty women's world cup it was the usa and then Alyssa thompson her little sister i can't even think of what her name is she was playing right back which is where you usually play on the field and i was saying just watch her watch number two and then she she played pretty good and then she ended up getting a red card in the game do you remember that nodding doesn't very work very well on an audio (sighs) medium you got to talk child
2: (laughs) sorry I do remember that.
0: Did you learn anything from watching that game?
2: I don't really remember it that well. It was like don't a lot it of weeks well. ago.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, the case secret to get back to the game that we're supposed to be talking about, they did score one more time, Kristen Hamilton, this time from Michelle Cooper. Cooper did get credit for her goal there, or for her assist, rather. Hamilton finished it. Hamilton almost scored a fourth goal really late in the game, and it would have been crazy to have never had a hat trick in club history, and then to get four-goal game, the first time you ever have a hat-trick to have four. Pretty crazy game. One thing that I want to mention, and I doubt this was in the highlights, so you'll have to let me know, kid, but at the very end, with like, I don't know, like the 88th minute or something like that, so something weird happened. Hamilton got subbed off. Chardonnay Curran came on to replace her. The audience gave her a standing ovation. She played so well. She got these three goals. And then there's a long bit of confusion where – She's on the field, on the off the field, she's on the bench, and then the referee is talking to the fourth official saying the current are out of substitutions. How are they making this substitution? They weren't out of subs, but they're out of windows that you can make a sub in, unlike your club games where you can sub endlessly. And eventually, Hamilton just had to come back into the game and current had to sit back down. The fourth we found out after the game, the fourth official thought that the concussion sub to Morgan Gatreau, unfortunately, she took a, a hard shot to the head that counted not as one of their sub windows, but it happened at the same time as another sub. So it was very bizarre. She had to come out and play like the last six or seven minutes of the game. Did that make the highlights at all, kid?
2: I don't think so.
0: No, wasn't in there. Well, that makes sense because it would be embarrassing to the league and to the referees the way they kind of messed it up. So unfortunate, kind of weird, but whatever. The KC Current won. They are in great control in the NWSL Challenge Cup. Their, their regular season is going really badly. Let's let's not get ourselves. But the Challenge Cup, they could still advance. They seem unlikely to catch and beat Louisville who are ahead of them right now. Louisville is just perfect. They've won every single game, but if they're the best second place team, they'll still advance. And that means more KC Current Soccer, more chances for you to go to games. What do you think? No. No. All right. Well, it's been great having you join me for this segment. Any final things that you'd like to say to the audience? Anything that you've been holding on to for all these months that you keep asking to come on the podcast? And I keep saying, watch a soccer match and I'll let you come on the podcast.
2: Um, no.
0: Is that a no? (laughs) No, you got nothing? All right. Say bye to the audience, kid.
2: Bye.
0: All right. Thank you so much for joining us. That went as about as good as I expected. A couple more things I want to talk to you, and we'll get you all out of here for the evening. The KC Current—well, the evening. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. I'm recording super late on a Monday night, but it doesn't mean that you're listening uh, late because it won't be out for a while. Oh, boy. I'm off the rails. But Casey Current made a signing today. Uh, another defender. They signed the defender, Lauren, she goes by, from Brazil. You know how in Brazil they pretty much all only go by their, their first name, Tabinha, for example. But she's a defender. She's a center back. She's only 20 years old. She just played a full 90 minutes for Brazil in their World Cup opener. So off to a good start over there. It feels like a little too late, but she signed through the 2024 season. So it's not even really that long of a contract, but there is an option for 2025. Her full name is not just Lauren, of course. It's Lauren Eduarda Leal Costa. But I'm sure it's just going to say Lauren on the back of her jersey. That's what it said during the World Cup. To get her, to get her rights, they had to trade $100,000 and a 2024 international slot to the North Carolina Courage to get those rights to the player. So she'll join her teammate Dabinia with KC once the World Cup is over. the The sad thing is, it's just a little late in the cycle. They, this is two center backs they've signed, and they're both going to show up because they're both playing in the World Cup after the World Cup is over. And that's kind of a bummer because they needed center backs all year when they were struggling with, you know, rookies and undrafted free agents and younger players just making too many stint mistakes. Obviously, she's a younger player as well, but. A lot of class Uh, to quote the uh, general manager, Camille Ashton. She said, having the chance to bring someone of Lauren's class to Kansas City is an easy decision for us. She's a promising young center back with an international experience. And we believe she has the ability to elevate our relentless grit on the pitch to to have not one, but two Brazilian national team players here in Kansas City will make this an exciting brand of soccer to watch every match night. Uh, To be fair, uh, Lauren was not tested very much in the first game. Brazil utterly dominated so it'll be interesting to see how she handles tougher competition and because brazil seems very likely to advance and run into some of these teams but it's time for the digital crawl y'all just a couple items in the crawl gotta mention Sheena mentioned she watched the highlights back. We watched part of the game. Lionel Messi with a moment of magic where he he scores the goal. I'm laughing because my child is sitting on mute cheering and going nuts. And uh, for Messi, if you want to unmute yourself and talk about Messi, you feel free. But Messi scored in the at the death on a free kick to carry Miami to a win. Over Cruz Azul. Well, Cruz Azul utterly dominated the beginning of this game. The fact that they weren't up by two, three, four goals. They were only up by, well, actually, they were never up. They were down one, nothing on a counter attack. And then they, they scored after Messi came on, weirdly enough. But Messi wins it. It's a Hollywood moment, a perfect start. And uh, speaking of Messi, the only other item I have in the digital crawl here is Messi, Busquets, and Alba have all been signed, Jordi Alba. And then they also have a trio of young South Americans. I'm not really sure how they can afford all these players. It feels kind of like cheating, but hey, what can you do? I lied. I have one other item I want to throw into the crawl, The NWSL Championship was announced this week that it's going to be played in a neutral site as they've been doing for the last few years. It's going to be in San Diego, California, and as awesome as the city of San Diego is, and it'd be a cool place to go to. The current aren't going to make the finals, so that won't be happening for us. That said, I think the best team in the league should get to host the title. They should, Their home fans should be rewarded with getting to have a, a game in their stadium, and it's really a bummer that that hasn't happened. I want to get you out of here on the schedule so you know what soccer is coming up, kind of let you know what's going on with For the Glory KC in the coming weeks here. The U.S. Women's National Team, as we mentioned, are back in action on Wednesday against the Netherlands, July 26th, 8 p.m. Central Time. KC current. Have another Challenge Cup game. They're at the Chicago Red Stars Saturday, July 29th at 7 p.m. The SKC 2, who by the one, won 2-1 the other day. They play the Colorado Rapids too. and the Rapids, oh, they are good. Uh, that'll be on Sunday, July 30th. That's out at Rock Chalk Park if you want to get out there and see them, 6 p.m., sporting kc played chivas on monday july 31st as we mentioned it's a 9 p.m start time very late so that it can start properly in chivas no idea what the time difference is i think i'm like 17 hours ahead of y'all so that should be fun to figure out and the u.s women's national team they play portugal we will be at this game look for us in the crowd Uh, technically the game is on tuesday august 1st at 2 a.m so if you want to watch it you're going to have to stay up that's really just watch the chivas sporting game don't go to sleep stay up Maybe take a power nap, and then watch the U.S. Women's National Team play Portugal. Look for us in the crowd. Uh, if you go to our Instagram at For the Glory, case you can see what we look like. My fo- profile pictures on Twitter at Play for Ninety. But if you've made it this far, we've had a weird episode. We did some weird stuff. We had to get one in before we leave on vacation, though. Be sure to go like and subscribe to the podcast. It's a family affair over here. Nepotism. It rules. Just search For the Glory KC wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on all those social media sites at For the Glory KC. Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Facebook. Email us, for ForTheGloryKC at gmail.com. And also, what's going to happen while we're in the Netherlands? in the Netherlands? In New Zealand. I don't know. I'm not sure. We're going to take some recording equipment. We're going to bring our fancy mics. So it might be a little sketchy how we have to record this, but I want to still do podcasts. We'll see if we find time. I mean, we're just going to be sitting around like, you know, enjoying the, The cool you know winter nights because it's winter in the southern hemisphere that's a little weird winter in july and august i don't know we'll deal with it there may not be episodes uh we're back in country on the ninth so you could expect something after that if nothing else but to play us out here is christian leo with write it like you mean it take care everybody